It is Monday, May 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Heat blow out the Celtics, take a 3-0 series lead. And VGK, VGK. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Miami Heat absolutely assault the Boston Celtics 3-0 series lead for the Heat. The Vegas Golden Knights win in overtime again. Take a 2-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals. And Brooks Kepka gets his fifth major. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? I, I think... It's going to be more entertaining us talking about and everyone talking about the game last night as opposed to the entertainment value of watching the game last night. Well, I guess it depends what type of fan you are. If you're a Miami Heat fan, you just enjoyed yourself watching that demolishment last night. I mean, it was that's I mean, that's a good way to put it. It wasn't if you're a casual NBA fan, it, it wasn't enjoyable because it wasn't a competitive game. Uh, Like there was serious conversation at the end of last night's game that maybe the Heat were going to put Udonis Haslam in the game. Oh, the fans were chanting for it. They wanted it. And like it it panned to Udonis and he was like with his gray beard, just shook his head. No, he was like, no, thanks. I'm not feeling that. (laughs) I haven't stretched in six years, so I'm not looking. I'm not looking to get out there. Uh, But it was an absolute thrashing it's crazy to think that the Celtics were favored in this game. So, you know, whatever whatever number you had, uh, your heat plus whatever, you, you were good. Um, I, this continues to be, and this is, it, it's easy for me to say this now, but I've been saying it. This Celtics team misses Ime Udoka. He would not be getting clowned like this by Eric Spolstra. Like, no. there's just no way. And they are a lesser version of, of what they were a year ago because they are missing that head coach. And uh, it takes a while to adapt to coaching at this level, I think. And the Celtics, it's not like this is the first series they struggled in. They've struggled throughout these playoffs. They like to put away teams that they have more talent than. And the Heat are just playing at a level that we didn't see all season. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that's unheard of or unprecedented. We've seen runs like this before. It's just the Heat knocking off the the one seed, and now looking like they're about to knock off the two seed. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to imagine an eight seed doing that. But when you think about Jimmy Butler and you think about Eric Spolstra and the skins that those guys have on the wall, it's not that crazy to comprehend. And uh, right now, like this isn't it's not by accident. It's not like dumb luck falling the the Heat's way. The Heat are just punking out this Celtics team, and the Celtics have no answer. Game closed at Heat plus four and a half. The total two fourteen. Obviously, Miami covers one twenty eight one hundred two. I'd go money line. Yeah. I would go on money line on Miami. That's yeah, the move, obviously. probably probably would have been it would have been a great move to roll over the money line in all three <laughs> games. Uh, and it goes over the total of two fourteen. If you had the under, I just feel bad because it was trending in the right direction. And uh, in a blowout game, you're like, yeah, probably is going to go under. The Celtics don't score, but then it was just the Heat backups drilling three after three after three in Boston. You know shooting threes because that's all they had. I mean, there were 74 points scored in the fourth quarter of this game. So yeah. if, if you after 49 scored in the third quarter, so if you had the under, uh, I do apologize for that. But let, let's talk about what we actually saw I don't know. in this game. If, if you have the under, like, do you really feel bad for it? Like Jimmy Butler and Bam didn't play in the fourth no, quarter. Like, no, yeah. like, it's just, it, it, you're it's, probably You were probably lucky it was on pace anyway. Like, sure, so. yeah. But, you know, you get a 49-point fourth quarter, third quarter, and it's a blowout game, and you know the star players aren't playing. You're just like – yeah, we're probably getting it under, right? But 70-something points scored in the fourth quarter? I don't think you yeah. expected that. Uh, but yeah, no one saw that coming. Let's talk about what actually happened in the game. And early on, Miami just out-hustled the Celtics. Turnovers led to quick transition points. And Miami's ball movement 
was some of the most impressive ball movement that I've seen here in these NBA playoffs because it wasn't necessarily the first pass it wasn't necessarily the second pass it was the third and the fourth that led to three pointers and open layups and back cuts and sometimes the Celtics just standing there while Miami players running around them yeah and and, I mean some of it was just guys like Gabe Vincent shot the lights out Duncan Robinson this may be like the first game of his career where it looks like man I, I can see why they paid Duncan Robinson the money they paid him like, so some of these guys for the Heat just found it last night. And, you know, it wasn't a, a great Jimmy Butler night, 16 points on five of 13 shooting. But it didn't have Adebayo, to be. Adebayo had three rebounds. I played his, I played the over on his rebounds prop. And, like, when he was sitting in the middle of the third quarter, I was like, oh, well, there's no chance this is going over. There's no chance because he's not going to play enough minutes to get 10 rebounds. So it was, it was all the role players – and they talk about this, you know, role players play better at home. And the role players for the Heat just blew up this game. And, uh, you know, Caleb Martin, who's been a real force in this series, was phenomenal once again. Plus 34 when Caleb Martin was on the court. Mm. Um, he had 18 points. Robinson had 22. You know, I mentioned Vincent having 29. Max Struess had had a good game. Like It, it, was, it was all those guys who did the work and it's it's crazy to think that that's the the names I just named off are the guys that are, are basically sending Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown home because neither one of those guys played like you know all NBA type players last night yeah it, it's wild and you know we saw how this game closed last night at Celtics minus four and a half game four with the closeout potential of a sweep and we know that no team has ever come back in the NBA from down 0-3. Heat minus one and a half, even minus two, depending on the book. Yeah, and it's like based on what you saw last night, it's hard not to say that that's warranted. Because it, and I don't know, it's, it's easy to say, well, the Celtics aren't going to go down without a fight. I don't know. If you watch the second half of last night's game, it sure felt like they were willing to go down without a fight. Oh, yeah. They put up, they put up no, no resistance. Uh, against what the Heat were doing to him. And it felt like maybe, you know, three, four minutes left in the first quarter, it was already starting to unravel for him. By the third quarter, they were done. It's like they didn't want to play anymore. And you could see it in their faces. You could see it in their body language. It was just, uh, it, it was a quit. And that is not something you, you you typically see from championship caliber teams. Do you think that the Celtics have the fight in them to win this game on Tuesday. Sure. I mean, I, I could see them winning a game, but I, I'm not, I wouldn't bet on it. I, 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 if I had to, if I had to make a play on this game, it'd be on the heat. It feels like the, the Celtics are aware that no one's ever come back from a three Oh deficit. And they, like I said, this is something and, and to, I guess to contrast what we saw in the Lakers nuggets game. And when they went down three Oh, it, 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 I mean, obviously, it feels like the Nuggets have a stranglehold on this series, but it didn't feel like the Lakers were giving up or quitting. And with the Celtics last night, it, it really did have the look of a team that was just like, well, they got us. And if you're willing to do that in, in game three when you're down 2-0, you might as well, like, you're not interested in winning the series. Like, you, you're not. And, like, it, there, Al Horford was like, we could still fight when they were down by, like, 34 points. And everybody was just staring at him like he was out of his mind. Like, what are you talking about, Al? Like, like he's old crazy Uncle Al at the at the family reunion, and he's like, I, I saw, I swear, I saw an alien, and he had a coyote head. And everybody was looking at him like he's out of his mind, saying that they were still in this game. And it's again, it's not what championship DNA teams do. They don't quit when they're down like that. And this, and it's one thing when there's like two minutes left. I'm I'm not saying like they should have had all their starters out there with, with you know with with three minutes left in the game, but I'm talking about in the middle of the third quarter. The game was over. Oh, well at hand, well at hand. I, I got to be honest. I just don't. I just I'm, I don't think it's going to be the same type of you know game that we saw last night. And I do want to give the Celtics the the benefit of the doubt that you know they're going to come out and they're going to play with passion. And they're going to have an inspired effort. 
But Miami's closing this thing out, and Miami's covering the one and a half. And and I, I'm I'm fully confident that that's happening. This series is not going back to Boston. Well, I, I it wouldn't shock me. Uh, here's it's crazy because there's serious people who were like the the Heat aren't going to win a game in this series. The Heat aren't going to win a game in this series. And it may end up being a sweep. I mean, we talked about this on the Dream Preview when RJ bet Heat plus two and a half games. And like all they had to do was win two, or it was a plus one and a half. They just had to win two games. Uh, or no, it was two and a half. So they had to win two games for him to cash that bet. And I was like, I love it because everybody believes this Celtics team is this unstoppable force. And I've I've seen nothing in these playoffs to make me believe that they are an unstoppable force. They look like they're getting by because they're a li- they've got a little bit better players than everybody they're playing against, but they certainly don't look like a team destined for an NBA title. And it, I mean, it, at this point, like even thinking that, like now thinking that the Celtics might win a game in this series is contrarian. <laughs> so it's it's funny how a few games it, it have really just exposed this Celtics team. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk now from champ for, for like championship perspective looking at obviously no team has ever come back from 3-0 down so we have the nuggets up 3-0 on the lakers as well the odds to win the nba title denver minus 220 and miami plus 230 is that a fair series price between those two teams Mm -mm. it's probably fair uh, because as much as I've been like doubting the Celtics are as good as they are, and I and I'm being proven right, I've been proven wrong on the Nuggets. Like I, I'm done pretending like the Nuggets aren't aren't capable of winning the title. Like they 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 look so good uh, at times that it's like I I ask myself why what didn't you like about this team? And so it's hard for me to say that it's not a fair price because that Nuggets team is so much better than I gave them credit for early on in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that's a, that's a fair number. I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if, uh, I'm, you know, running down to, to bet against this heat team, but the, the nuggets are rightfully a healthy favorite there. Let's talk about the nuggets as, uh, they have the chance to close out the series tonight against the Lakers in L.A., and the Lakers are favored to... And and let me just mention that for a second here. How off the books have been when it comes to the the adjustments. And and I understand they're going off of historical performances and also the way that people bet. Like, the Lakers, big favorites in Game 3. The Celtics, big favorites in Game 3. Both lose rather convincingly. And uh, Lakers still favored here in game four, unlike the Celtics and the Heat. Lakers are three-point favorites tonight to avoid the sweep. Yeah, and I, that that's I think it goes back to the difference between the two teams. One looked like they weren't interested in playing the entirety of the game, and the Nuggets just caught fire at the end of in the fourth quarter of game four and and pulled away from from the Lakers that that were right there with them for most of the game. So uh I, I i'm not surprised that the lakers are favored here um i i think that this is i, I think the lakers get a game in this series so i i think that that tonight they put up a little bit of a fight uh and and we see them walk away with well, the crowd was so into that game early the laker crowd which you know may, I, maybe surprised me because they were down 2-0 i could see the laker crowd being less in involved down 3-0 but maybe not maybe they there's they're still fighting for their squad uh, but either way, I, I think this Lakers team has played well enough in this series that they they deserve to win a game. So I, I think they ended up grabbing. I think I think they'll end up grabbing one here. You know, I, I, I feel you and I, I'm with you. I do like the Lakers tonight because it's also a different scenario. The Lakers are home looking to avoid the sweep, whereas Miami's on, Miami is the home team that's going to close it out. Like Miami took the 2-0 series lead on the road. They came back, and they were home in Game 3, and the crowd just led them to the victory last night. The Lakers will feed off their home crowd looking. Th- this is the gentleman sweep, right? It's not. We don't have the gentleman sweep scenario in the Celtics heat game. This is the gentleman sweep scenario where the team wins the first two games at home, the game three on the road, you lose game four on the road so that the other team and their fans, they have something to cheer for. 
and then you close out the series at home in Game Five. That's what I think happens between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Uh, I don't. I don't disagree. I, and I, again, we've seen so much fight out of this Lakers team, and you know, the, I think last game the final score didn't quite tell the story of how competitive that game was. Like I said, I, I feel like it was a lot closer game than what the final said. So I, again, I, I think that this team is better than the results have said. I don't think they're going to come back and make this a series or anything, but I do think that they win a, a game here. Yeah. Uh, and what do you feel about the total? 224 and a half for Nuggets Lakers. I mean, we, we look at the scores of this series so far and and it's been high scoring. Game one, obviously the, the higher scoring game. Game two was an under. Game three, another high scoring game. If the Lakers are to win this game tonight, does it go over 224? Do they have to score, is my question. Do they have to score over 110 to beat the Nuggets? No, I think they have to get they they have to get back to being the team that got them here. Remember, this was the best defensive team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think they in we saw Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter go on a tear that like you can't make up. It's like the, the, he's on fire in NBA Jam where wherever he's shooting from, it was going in like it was just he was a force and. You just have to assume, like, that's not recreatable. There's no way that a guy who was just, he was literally just a guy for three quarters, Mm -hmm. and in the fourth quarter, he was an inferno. You have to assume that that's not the exact same uh, scenario here in this game, this game four. Uh, So I I would. Do you think it's correlated? Do you think it's correlated, Lakers to the under? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Lakers don't want to play in this run and gun type of uh, Mm. a game. They don't, they don't want, they don't want this to be like the, the first to 115 wins. Like they, Again, this is a team that's been the best defensive team in the playoffs. They want to play their style of basketball. Uh, they want to control you on your end. And they've done a pretty decent job uh, on Jokic. It's just stopping the ancillary pieces when they, when they do hold down Jokic. That's the, that seems to be the problem they're having right now. So <laughs> the Nuggets team total is 111 and a half. They have gone over that number in every game this playoffs except for four the game one win over the timberwolves to start the playoffs they scored 109 the loss to the timberwolves they scored 108 and the 97 87 win over the suns and uh that's it oh yeah and the 108 win against the the lakers 108 103 Every other game, they have exceeded this total and relatively easily yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's it's again, you know, maybe it's me saying, maybe it's me just believing that this Lakers team is going to win a game. Saying that, but I do believe. But I agree with you. I I think it is correlated. If the Lakers yeah. are to win this game, that they're going to have to they're going to have to shut down the Nuggets. They're not going to they're not going to outrace them. They're going to have to shut them down. So, like you asked me, do I think the Lakers win this game tonight? I said yes, and so in my head, yeah, yeah, they, they have to hold the Nuggets down. They can't let them get to 120 points. Yeah, makes sense. Again, Lakers three point favorites, looking to avoid the sweep, and no team has ever come back from an 0-3 deficit in the NBA playoffs. I think it's 0 for 148. I think the you know what else? You know what else has never happened? What's that? A double sweep. In the conference finals in the NBA. Oh, I think this is the first time that it's 3-0, 3-0 yeah. in the, in the same le- postseason. Yeah. Legitimately on the table right now is a double sweep. So, uh, yeah, that would be unprecedented. I- I'm I'm trying to see if there's like, man, if you think the Lakers can win two games, it's plus 500 right now. If you if you think the Celtics can win two games, it's plus five fifty. Yeah, <laughs> it, the Lakers feel way more likely to win two games than the Celtics. Well, the Celtics series, the Celtics series is over. Like, it's, and it's my, so Miami wins tomorrow night. Like the Celtics are so much of a better team playing a worse team. Yeah, they're an paper. eight seed. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's like I, I just there's and, you know there's the Lakers fighting up against the the big bad Nuggets, and I, I can see them having more success than the 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 Celtics against this eight seed Miami heat team, this, the heat team, they're playing really good ball right mm-hmm. now, man. Like I'm, I'm excited to see them in the finals. Like it, normally I'm looking for as, as like a, a person who doesn't really care about any teams. 
I want to see good matchups. I want to see good players in the finals. And the Heat are normally a team that I'd be like, yeah, not interested. The way they're playing right now, I, I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm bought in. So yeah. uh, bring 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 them on. I'm in. Well, unlike the NBA conference finals, where we have two teams that are up three games to none, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we have for I think the first time the first four games of the conference finals, two on either side, east and west. They've all gone to overtime, AJ, and the latest yesterday afternoon, VGK scoring and tying the game with two minutes left and then winning in overtime against the Stars 3-2. Yeah, I I like to say I watched the, uh, the hockey game yesterday. I watched the third period and overtime. So I saw all that, well, that you I watched, needed to you, see. You watched two different games because I, Dallas, this was as one-sided of a hockey game as you can watch without the score being a blowout. Like the score was only two to one, but it felt like it was five nothing. Dallas, like it was, Dallas was controlling the puck and, and taking a, all the shots. AJ, Vegas had 13 shots halfway through the third period, like on the game. Like that's it. Like, Dallas was out shooting them. It was like 20-something to 13 in the third period. Jonathan Marchessault, who, you know, scored the game-tying goal for the Golden Knights and, you know, has just continued his tear, he didn't have a shot in the game until, like, seven minutes left in the third period. And then his second shot of the game was the game-tying goal. Like this was, yeah. you know, Jake Ottinger played out of his mind. And, and and for the first time in these playoffs, Dallas loses two games. And, I mean, back-to-back games. They had not lost back-to-back games this entire postseason. On the season, the Stars were 22-2-1 after a loss with Jake Ottinger in net. And winning their last 11 straight games that he has started after a loss. So th- this was a, a a loss that snapped a lot of streaking for the Dallas Stars, but it did not look like they were headed towards a loss until, you know, as we said, until Vegas tied it on what was a bad turnover behind their own net. It, so let me ask you, because it feels this way to me. It feels like Vegas is kind of, a, a, there's a little team of destiny to them. Mm, yeah. And it feels like even like they have an out, I mean, if you, if you, calculate all the the ice time in this series dallas has been better yet vegas has a 2-0 lead in their hand uh it it feels like there's some some magic with this team and you know maybe it's a guy like jack eichel who his like his whole career has just been squandered playing on these filth teams and now he's here and and like getting to make a run but it does feel like there's a little bit of magic to him so I, i that's that's the vibe i'm getting i don't know about you you you've seen a lot more hockey than me the Golden Knights now have eight come-from-behind wins in these playoffs. It feels pretty magic to me. I, you know, that, that, that number right there feels pretty magical to me. Yeah, and uh, it's I think it's like four consecutive, but it's eight in these playoffs come-from-behind wins for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, the series now shifts to Dallas for game number three, but Vegas obviously is uh, a favorite in this series with the fact that they are up two games to uh, none. Vegas minus 400 to win the series. Dallas plus 300 on the comeback. And the Vegas Golden Knights a plus 125 favorite to win the Stanley Cup. What are you feeling on that? Do you feel like, I know Dallas has been kind of your uh, I, your, your I've, secret I've, weapon team. Yeah, I've been on Dallas in both games, and they lose in overtime both games, and they had a lead in both games. So <laughs> I don't feel like, it, it's 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 tough. When you lose, like, you, I, like you, you lose a game, or you lose multiple games where you have a lead, and it goes into overtime, and you know overtime's a crapshoot, right? And... It just I I'm I'm not I don't think like I'm wrong. Does that make sense? Like it doesn't. I don't. It's not like it's not like Dallas is losing by multiple goals. It's not like Dallas is getting dominated. Like they had right. they had leads in both games. They lost the leads in both games, and they wind up you know now losing two games in overtime. Now, granted, in game one. 
It was Dallas who had to score late to tie it, but they had a lead after the first period. You know, and this one, it was Vegas who scored late to tie it, but Vegas had the magic in overtime in both games. I like Dallas at home in game three. The market is telling us Dallas in game three. They're a minus 135 favorite tomorrow night to win at home and make this a 2-1 series. Well, you've got bigger balls than I do. I don't want to get in the way of this uh, this Vegas team right now. They just seem like everything's breaking their way. Yeah. So, and, you know, you're, I don't disagree with what you're saying. It doesn't feel like you've been on the wrong side of mm-hmm. it from a handicap match or from a handicap standpoint, but there's some some teams you just feel like, man, this team, you, you can't get in the way of them right now. It's like the Miami Heat. Like when you ask me what I what I do, I think it's a fair line against the Nuggets. I do, but I'm not running to bet on the Nuggets because I don't want to bet against the Miami Heat right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to bet against the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Well, that's a good point. And and much like the Miami Heat, their South Florida counterparts, the Florida Panthers, are doing it just like they are an eight seed. You know, last team, one of the last teams in the playoffs. I know bat in, in the NBA they had the play-in tournament, but if there was no play-in tournament, Miami would be the last team in the playoffs as the eight seed. Florida, the Panthers, the last team in the playoffs as an eight seed, and they are up two games to none against a Carolina Hurricanes team that was favored in this series. And Florida has just played extremely well again. But I, I was on Carolina in both games, in both games. Carolina loses in overtime, 3-2, and and then they had a lead in game one. They lose 3-2, and they had a lead in game two, and they lose 2-1 in overtime. So I don't feel like, yes, I'm on the wrong side of the results, but like same thing. If you pick Florida and they lose 2-1 or 3-2 in overtime and they had leads in both games, you don't feel you don't feel like you were on the wrong side. I this this series is obviously more even than I thought. Uh, I, I, Florida might be just like the Miami Heat, a team of destiny right now. Because if you think about this, this is so crazy now. And, and it's hard to imagine because of the way that Florida has played this postseason, you know, running through the Boston Bruins, the one of the best, if not the best postseason team we've ever seen, right? By the numbers. And then beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are heavily favored, and now up two games to none in the conference finals. If the Pittsburgh Penguins could just have beaten the Columbus Blue Jackets and Elvis Merzlikens and the Chicago Blackhawks, who were tanking for Connor Bedard, the Panthers would not have been in the playoffs. Yeah. It took two historic sportsbook losses, and I, I say that because... The, the Penguins were minus 400 favorites in, in those games. So, like, it took those losses in the final days of the regular season for the Panthers to make the playoffs. And not just that, Florida also had to do what they did, which is end the regular season on, you know, a, a long you know stretch of winning games as well. And it's just crazy when you think you talk about Vegas being a team of destiny. It's hard to ignore Florida as a team of destiny when you consider all that it took for them to just get into the playoffs yeah, as the eight right. seed. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, that, that's, yeah, again, certainly not a team that I'm looking to bet against, no matter what the uh, the season long statistics or anything mm-hmm. like that says, uh, because they they keep defying logic. Like the, the Miami Heat are, have been the best example of that. I, I think the Florida Panthers are right there with. The, I mean, the Panthers are like the 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 hockey version of the Heat right now. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it, those are the teams I'm not I'm not looking to fade. Like it, maybe because it, it, it feels like everybody's gonna feel stupid at the end of the year. Like oh, we all said this team was no good at the beginning mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. are holding up a trophy. Panthers are, uh, it's a pretty even spread here in game uh, three tonight. Uh, Panthers minus 115, Hurricanes minus 105. You might find the minus 110 both ways, but you're, you're going to find slightly juice to the Panthers, but you're not going to get plus money on the Hurricanes. It may be even money at best, but right now I'm seeing minus 115 for the Panthers, minus 105 for the Hurricanes. Total is five and a half. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. You know, AJ, uh, when we talked to Will Doctor about the PGA Championship, you know, I, I said Brooks Kepka was my pick to win it all. And Brooksy did it. Yeah, he did. It. Will he did gave it. Will gave an outright on uh, on Brooks as well. He did it for he did it for me. I'm gonna say it was my pick, not not Will's. But no, Will uh, <laughs> Will had some he had some great calls on the PGA Championship. We'll get to some of those in just a second. But yeah, Brooks Kepka winning nine under. He shot a 66 in round two and round three. Followed up with a 67 in the final round as he wins the PGA Championship, becoming the first live golfer to win a major. Since, I guess, the, you know, the split, if you will. Yeah. And uh, he did it. He did it in style. He looked great all weekend. Like one of the few guys who had a a, a solid week all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the weather on uh, Friday's show after Thursday. It was like, oof, this was um, there was some ugly weather out there. Never really seemed to affect him. It was a, just a, a good start to finish win for him. Yeah, and uh, Victor Hovland, who was a guy that was on our radar as well, he winds up finished tied for second with Scotty Scheffler. Bryson DeChambeau with an impressive finish as he uh, is third with, or tied for fourth, if you will, with the the minus three, same Rory McIlroy, one stroke back at, at two under. And the story, though, out of this PGA championship is Michael Block. Michael Block is a PGA pro uh, from California, the Arroyo Tribuco Golf Club in Mission Viejo, California. A public golf course, by the way. Yep, and he gives lessons, (laughs) like $150 for an hour, whatever it is, and he becomes like, you know, like an amateur that qualifies, but not he's like, he's a a a tour pro, not a tour pro, he's a PGA pro, right? Yeah. He, He qualifies for this event, and he has a really good first round, shoots a 70, and then he has a really good second round and shoots a 70. He then gets paired up with Justin Rose in the third round, and he's talking to the press. He's like, man, he's like, I, I, he's, he's speechless. He's like, how am I golfing with Justin Rose? And then <laughs> he shoots a 70 in round three, and then he's paired up with Rory McIlroy in the fourth round, and what does he do? How about a hole-in-one on the 15th hole? (laughs) Michael Block capturing everybody's hearts and finishes with a 71, one over for the tournament. And by finishing in the top 15, he is an automatic qualifier 
for next year's PGA Championship. Yeah, pretty cool story, man. Uh, happy for that dude. And it's like it, a movie yeah. script. It's like it's it, like this. It would, it's better than Tin Cup. Like this would be. This is a great movie. Well, it can only be a movie if he comes in next year, actually wins the tournament. That's the only way it can be a movie. But if he does, it's a hell of a movie. Yes. Uh, how about a hell of a movie is winning two hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars when um, the most you've ever won in a tournament. I guess he said he won seventy-five k one time in a tournament, but before that, the the highest that he's ever won was forty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, this is uh, this is a nice hit for him then. <laughs> life <laughs> like uh, life changing. Yeah, this is like a guy who who bets a hundred dollars hitting like a a, a a ten team parlay one day, and it's like, oh, whoa, wow! So th- this guy just hit a ten team parlay. Good but, for him. But you know what's interesting? It's like w- when I look at Michael Block and I look at the the weekend that he had, it kind of takes me back to my old Tiger Woods take, and and when people would say, you know, Tiger's never gonna win again. He's never going to win a major again. He's so shot. Like, it's just we keep rooting for him and people keep betting for him, but it's just never going to happen again. And my response is always, while, yeah, I kind of agree, but all he has to do is have four good days in a row. Yeah. And any golfer that's worth their weight is that we're not even talking about the greatest of all time. Just any golfer like a Michael block that you've never heard of. That is a PGA tour pro from a public golf course in California. Any golfer can just have four good days. That's all it takes. And that's all it takes. And if tiger were to ever put together four good days, he can win again. And you know, Michael block should be an inspiration for anybody to come out here with the best golfers in the world, have four good days where he didn't even, he, he didn't, it's not like he had monster scores. He finished one over for the tournament. That's it. And that's all it took for him to finish top 15 and qualify for next year's PGA Championship. Who was the guy that uh, when the when the poker rush was happening, the guy who won that everyone was like, oh my gosh, this guy can't possibly. Darvin Moon. Do you remember Darvin Moon? Oh, I thought you were, ta- was like- I thought you were just talking about Chris Moneymaker, who was just like no, an but- online player, just won. But Darvin Moon was like, people were like, this guy, should, he, he, there's no way he can maintain this. It, it's just, he, he had the wildest run of luck. You can, and I'm not to say that this block guy was lucky. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. but at some point it does take a little luck, but you know, he's getting like, he's getting these terrible odds and making calls and then it still hits. And it's like, everything went right for him to get to where he got. That's how it feels for these guys like like block like like you said four days is not like a an impossible task mm-hmm. it, it it's absolutely in any sport it's manageable I mean Jeremy Lin went on like a two week run where he convinced us he was the next Michael Jordan yeah. and he made a <laughs> made a ton of money off of it and and God bless him he was never close to to a successful you know full time NBA player but he was so good for long enough that it convinced people. Sometimes that's all it takes, and and this uh, this block guy just had one of those runs where he uh, he opened up everybody's eyes. Yeah, and the hole in one on fifteen really was the storybook ending because hey, without that he doesn't finish top fifteen, and true. he doesn't qualify for next year's tor- uh, championship. So uh, what a shot that was, and what a weekend it was, and congratulations to Brooks Kepka who picked up the win, uh, another major for Brooksy back on top, and some people cashed as high as plus twenty four hundred. For him to be the winner in this event. You know something, AJ? We have to start looking out for some of these teams that came into the Major League Baseball season as pretty big favorites in whether it was the division or uh, World Series odds. And these teams got off to bad starts, but they are starting to turn it around. The Yankees win their fourth straight game. They've won eight of 10 as they finish off a sweep of the Reds 4-1 yesterday. Uh, They are now up to third place in the East at 29-20. and The New York Mets cross town. They've won five straight games, seven of their last 10, as they win a doubleheader yesterday, finishing off a sweep of the Guardians getting just Great pitching from both Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. That's kind of what they envisioned when they, you know, <laughs> put together this pitching staff. And the Houston Astros have won seven straight games, nine of their last 10, and are now two games back of the Rangers for first place in the West after they finish off a sweep of the Oakland A's. 
Yeah, I remember they did get to play the A's, so that, that that's always true. Helps. That's true. Almost, that's true. Almost an auto three game win streak, but yeah, all those teams playing well, and we talked about the Cardinals and their sort of resurgence. Uh, they've won eight out of ten as well. Yeah, a team that just started the season terribly. So maybe like again, it's overreactions. The water always finds its level, uh, and we we knew the Yankees were good. We knew the Astros were good. Uh, there was a lot of people who were panicked about both those teams. Early on, uh, if Fezzik put a, uh, he, he was trying to convince me to bet on the Rangers to win the AL West. I was like, no way. There's, there's no way I'm betting a cold start for the Astros and saying that, like, at some point, the teams that have the best players tend to win. And the Astros, the Yankees, the Mets, these teams have the best players. Like, it, it's, there's a reason why they're always in the mix at the end of the year. It's because their players are better than everybody else's. I fully expect all those teams to, uh, to maybe not to stay this hot. But I expect them to be there uh, come come late September. I would agree as well. It's just it, it's it's fun to see the turnaround and like try to identify like which point. It's like watching like the stock market and like which point in the dip. When do you buy the dip on a team? And you know, I thought the you, we should start buying the dip when like Altuve was coming back for the Astros. But it seems like the dip was maybe because Altuve was coming close to returning. Because this team is playing good baseball right now, and and I could see them absolutely taking off. And then the the Mets, you know, pitching starting to come around. Uh, They're playing with confidence. Still have a negative run differential, but, you know, playing with confidence says a lot. You know, taking two of three from the Rays and then, you know, finishing off a sweep of the lowly Guardians. That's a good week for the New York Mets. And then the Yankees are just getting healthier. Like, that's, that's the, you know, they're just getting healthier. Hopefully, Giancarlo Stanton won't be out for too long. Um, and and they'll and Donaldson as well. And they'll start to get their full lineup. But, you know, Harrison Bader finally playing. Judge, who missed a little bit of time, came back. And, and they're starting to put some things together here. So, these teams playing really good baseball right now. Let's take a look at the schedule for tonight because I think we have a fade opportunity, a Sunday night fade opportunity. Cleveland hosting the White Sox. Now, we don't know the starting pitching situation for the White Sox just yet, but the Guardians not only coming off a Sunday night game in New York and then uh, travel back home to Cleveland, but they're coming off a doubleheader. And it's a doubleheader plus Sunday night plus travel. I know it's not big travel, but it's still travel. And it's just, to me, a big fade spot for a team that most you know just recently lost two of three to this White Sox squad. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue with you on that. The, uh, the I will say the White Sox are a tough team to back because their bats have a tendency to just fall asleep yep. at times, and they, they're more than capable of putting up a big zero. And you can't win a baseball game if you score zero runs. But they're so, also they got some confidence. Yes, they played the Royals, but they're coming off a sweep of the Royals, so they're playing. Yep. They, you know, they have something to to feel good about. Yeah, you, you maybe you're right. Maybe they are uh, starting to find a little something here uh, and getting a dog price. I, I I don't dislike it at all. The Rangers are at the Pirates. Dane Dunning with his four and record and one point six nine ERA takes on the Pirates and Luis Ortiz getting the start for Pittsburgh. Texas minus 140 on the road. I kind of like this price because I thought it would be higher. Yeah, I do too. I, I like Dane Dunning. Uh, Pirates, you know, if you if you faded them the first two or three weeks of the season, you were a big dummy. Now you're it's almost free money. So, uh, yeah, Texas a, is a, a team I'll be looking at today. Yep. We take a look at the Diamondbacks at the Phillies. Tommy Henry getting the start for the Diamondbacks. Zach Wheeler goes for Philadelphia. Philly minus 210. That's really high. I, yeah, I, get, it. I, I get it's Tommy Henry starting for the Diamondbacks and it's, you know, five ERA, but this is a high line for a Phillies team that doesn't seem to me like they're not the same team that went to the World Series last year, not yet at least. Yeah, that's a, it's a hard pass for me. That's there. There's, I mean, this is a team that's still under 500, and Arizona is better than people think they are. Uh, their bats are better than people think. This, you know, you're right. Henry Henry's not a a good pitcher, but and the pitching is going to be their struggle most of the season. Like the, a lot of their young guys don't seem to be panning out. Uh, so it's Zach Gallon and just try to pray for the next get Zach Gallon start. Uh, and then before he gave him a stinker this week, which yeah. was uh, was tough to watch. And Merrill Kelly, so, you can bet on Merrill Kelly too. That's true. That's true. 
But yeah, this is not a situation where I'd be looking to uh, to to back the Phillies. Jordan Montgomery gets to start for the Cardinals in Cincinnati against the Reds. Brandon Williamson uh, will get the start for um, Cincy. He made his debut against Colorado last week. Five and two thirds innings, two hits, just one run allowed on a home run. The the thing that I worry about for Cincinnati here is you know it's a it's a hitter's ballpark. And you got a Cardinals team that is starting to, you know, hit the ball, and they've always been hitting the ball well. But they come in here, you know, again, riding confidence, playing well lately. St. Louis minus 190, total of 10. I might look towards a Cardinals team total over here. Yeah, I, I would there's certain there's no way I'm looking at the Reds right now. Uh just because I don't I don't want to get in the way of this Cardinals team, but the the price still feels a little bit too high for me. Mm-hmm. I, I liked what I saw out of Williamson. Um, so I, I'm going to end up staying away from this thing. It's a total of 10. Yeah. Again, I know, I know it's in Cincinnati, but, uh, that's a scary number with a couple of solid pitchers. It looks like the blue Jays at the Rays. uh, the blue Jays losing yesterday. They've now lost four straight games. They get swept by the Baltimore Orioles and they will send Chris Bassett who has been pitching really well to the mound in Tampa against Trevor Kelly. It's going to open the game for the Rays. Tampa minus 125 here. Yeah, it's probably uh, Toronto or pass for me. Tampa mm-hmm. showing some showing some weaknesses here. Uh, and again, you know how I feel about Tampa when they when they throw yeah. out these openers. Uh, that's the times I'm looking to, to go against them. Today may be a good spot uh, with Toronto and, and Bassett on the mound. Gavin Stone made his major league debut last week uh, for, or not last week, earlier this month, I should say, for the Dodgers. He gave up five runs on eight hits, uh, four of them earned in just four innings against the Phillies, and he'll make his second major league start tonight for the Dodgers as they are in Atlanta against the Braves and Charlie Morton, Atlanta, minus 140. Yeah, I I don't dislike Atlanta here. Don't know a lot about uh, Stone, to be honest. Uh, but I, I I do like Atlanta with Charlie Morton. That's probably the way I'd look. Yeah, same here. Royals are a minus one fifteen favorite with Brady Singer on the hill against Michael Lorenzen and the, the Detroit Tigers. It's just an ugly game all the way around. Yep, pass, stay yep, away. Yep. Astro, <laughs> Astros a minus one fifteen favorite on the road against the Brewers. Corbin Burns going for the Brewers. Christian Javier for the Astros. Now this is a, a good price for a guy like Corbin Burns, but. I do not want to jump in front of this Astros team right now because they are red hot. Yeah, the uh, the team's been been on fire. Uh, and this is, again, with Christian Javier, one of the pitchers you trust with the Astros. So uh, I'm with you. I, when you see that price with Corbin Burns, you're instantly like, oh, yeah, let's, let's jump on that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, probably not the best move right now to get in front of the Astros train. Bailey Ober's been pitching really well for Minnesota, 3-0 with a 1.78 ERA. John Brebbia will start for the Giants. Minnesota minus 155 at home, total of nine. It's a, it's a high line for the Twins, but especially um, they're coming home after a, a West Coast road trip, which is usually a fade spot. Maybe look towards the under, I think. Yeah, nine, pretty high number here. Uh, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I'm starting to see some things with the Giants that are palatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I'd look at the Giants here. Marlins are at the Rockies. Edward Cabrera goes for Miami. Uh, and it's Chase Anderson who uh, will get the start here. Anderson, who was with Tampa Bay earlier this season, pitched one game for them and has since been acquired by Colorado. Um, He, last time out, five innings, one hit, zero runs. So a good outing for Chase Anderson. And we all know how Tampa just develops these pitchers. So Maybe we should be looking at Anderson and the Rockies and giving them a little respect as a home dog here. Miami minus one thirty. Maybe so. A, a total of eleven and a half. Uh, I, I'm just I'm not looking to bet on either of these teams in this yeah. game. This is this feels like a uh, like you're you're throwing stuff against the wall hoping it sticks. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to what's going on here. Angels are minus one fifteen at home against the Red Sox. Tanner Houck goes for Boston. Uh, Berea, uh, Jamie Berea goes for the Angels. And the Angels, you know, coming off uh, taking two of three from the Twins. Obviously, Otani was a, a big part of that, not only uh, hitting-wise, but striking out nine. And and they're starting to get contributions from 
other players in their lineup. Mickey Moniak, who was my pick to win Rookie of the Year last year for the Phillies uh, before he got hurt. Um, he's starting to hit the ball really well. Maybe the Angels playing with a little bit of confidence here could be a side to back at a low price. Yeah, Angels probably my favorite play on the board today. Ooh, wow. uh, I, I I don't like what I've seen out of Boston lately. Uh, but your boy, uh, Michael Waka Waka, uh, basically clowned those guys out uh, yesterday. So it, this has just been a... It's been a tough watch, so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not liking Boston. And last time we saw uh, Hauk on the mound, he got lit up. So uh, it's I, I'm going to like the Angels today. Seattle is minus three twenty tonight Ugh. with a Ugh. total of seven and a half. Luis Castillo against Kyle Muller, who once struck out twenty four straight guys in high school. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that. I was going to tell you that stat, but no, yeah, no, so I'm, all, I'm all over that. Uh, okay. Mariners hosting the A's. I don't know how. I mean, 320 is a heavy price. The A's obviously stink. They've lost four straight games. They just got swept by the Astros, scoring three runs in three games combined. Yeah. Uh, Probably, maybe, you know what? Maybe an A's team total under. I don't know. I mean, maybe the A's are due for a good game. Betting against the A's is so terrifying because, like, if you're just betting, you know, you're you're betting against them every time they win. You've got to you've got to bet against them four more times to to be even because you've got to pay such a hefty price when you bet on them. So I it's this isn't a spot where I'm I'm running to to put down a three plus number on them. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's such a high line, but this team is so oh they're so dreadful. bad, <laughs> so bad. Uh, you know they, they listen. They'll be in Vegas soon enough, and then maybe that. Well, maybe they'll start spending money when they're in Vegas and just acquire a bunch. Oh, I'm, of sure, I'm sure they will. Big name, high price talent that's well past their prime, but who cares? Well, and guys, listen, guys will want to come here. Yeah. You know, they, they, when you visit the stadium in Oakland, and it's like, hey, why don't you come out and be a free agent here? People are like, no, I think I'll pass. No thanks. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it'll be a different world here. That it certainly is. Uh, speaking of Vegas, uh, head to pregame.com. Take advantage of a variety of discounted packages we have available to you. You can simply sign up if you haven't already. And as a new member, you get a free $25 to spend on the website on whatever you'd like. You can take a best bet, a daily best bet package from one of our pregame pros, or maybe you want to pick your favorite pregame pro and get a seven-day all-access, maybe a 30-day all-access, and get every pick in every sport from your favorite pregame pro. Speaking of best bets, our girl Mackenzie Dern got us to the window on Saturday. God, she looks good. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that's right. Priorities, Scott, priorities. We we gave that selection out on Friday morning show. Mackenzie Dern, a UFC best bet. So, yeah, uh, take advantage. Go to the buy picks and click on discounted packages because there's a lot of great offers there for you at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.